What's going on, guys? It's your man, Ed Hayes, the Wholesale Coach here, back for another episode of the Wholesaler Mastermind Podcast. Man, it's been a while, y'all, but we are back in full effect, guys. Today, I've got my guy, Terrell, here. He's going to be talking about how he's been out here at the early age of just 23, y'all, the tender age of 23. He's out here closing multiple deals per month, building a real estate empire out here, guys. So I'm really super pumped to have him come on. I think that this is going to be a special one. Out with me, that's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? That's a bet, right? That's a bet, right? That's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? That's a bet, right? That's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? That's a bet, right? That's a deal, right? That's a deal, right? Hey, coming down like precipitation. Man, Terrell, how's it going, my brother? How you doing over there? It's going great. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, it's my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my brother. So why don't, you know, just for the people who may not know you already, just go ahead and give them a little bit of background info on you. Who are you? So name is Terrell, Terrell Hawkins, CEO of White Hour Investments right here. Um, recently just graduated from Penn State University, mechanical engineering degree. And I've been wholesaling for about, uh, a little over a year and a half. Been wholesaling since probably about like November last year. Um, the year before last, that's when I I learned about it and started my company in June of 2020. So okay. really only been doing it full time for about six months or so and making some some great strides. Mm, okay, okay. So so I I know you told me that like I think you originally found out about wholesaling in in like 2019 and then like you end up starting like actually like really really getting out here in 2020. Kind of explain that little gap in time to me. Like like what was going on then? Simply put school. <laughs> yeah. Being yeah. an engineering student <laughs> takes a lot of dedication and time out your schedule, so I couldn't really um, jump into it as much as I wanted to, but I also had some, I wouldn't say really personal things, but some personal development to accomplish. So I am an introvert, introvert at heart. That's just me. I'm not as shy as I, I used to be, but I still need to recharge at the end of the day when I'm in social environments and stuff like that. I feel you. Um, but I started learning about wholesaling in November 2019 and I started cold calling then it was very cringeworthy I wasn't really <laughs> doing as well as I hoped to be doing so I had to get better at cold calling and overcoming my shyness and um, me being an introvert to jump out there because I had to do the business in order to succeed I do everything one would have to do to be successful wholesaling by myself Mm -hmm. um, until I was able to build enough capital up to build a team that I have now and they um, take care of some of my weaknesses. Okay. So pretty much that duration of time was me developing myself and my skills and talents. Okay. To be who I am now. Right, right, all right. So so you when you first got started, like you decided like, hey, look, I'm gonna actually take this on myself. I'm gonna build my business. So so okay, and so you were in school then, I'm assuming, like when you closed your right. first deal, am I right? Um when I closed my first deal it was actually summer break. Okay, okay, I was, okay. I was at campus, um, started the business in the middle of the, of the pandemic. So, right. so it was in between was school years, basically. 
Right. Right. Okay. 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 So so and then so okay so man that's that's pretty awesome though. So you got that first deal. Why don't we talk about that first deal? Why don't you break that down for the audience? Like how did <laughs> how did you actually come across this first deal? Like how did that happen? Break that down for us. Man, that first deal was crazy. How how it happened. So um, I'm in a accountability. I'm in a accountability community. Superhuman wholesalers. Shout Facebook out to group. Superhuman wholesalers. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely shout them out, Aaron Bevins. Hey. Um, but there was one guy that was facilitating my my development. Mm-hmm. Sam Sam Ladderbadier. He's a good mentor of mine. So we have what's called a, a VO a virtual office that we attend every day. Just like-minded individual, individuals being together, similar to a mastermind that's daily. Mm-hmm. I was just starting, so I went in there to learn everything I can. Right. Um, he just happens to say one day, hey, Terrell, I, I don't even hear you cold call. Do you cold call? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I cold call, but I only cold call Fizbo's for sale by owners on Zillow. He was mm-hmm. like, no, nah, man, I need to get you cold calling. So right then and there, he called my phone. He was using Mojo. He was using Mojo at the time. Right. He called my phone and he was like, there you go. And all of a sudden the seller picked up. I'm like, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Put you right into the fire. Right, right. Okay. So I did what I could on the spot. I talked to probably about two sellers. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. And he was like, man, you need to start cold calling. So he gave me a, a slot on his dialer, um, an hour, and the next day I pulled the absentee owner list in Salisbury, Maryland, which is one of the markets that I picked. Um, I mean, I'm from PG, PG County, Prince George's mm-hmm. County, Maryland, but it's very competitive here for wholesale deals. Still is to this day. Mm-hmm. So I just picked one of the secondary markets. Salisbury at the time was very up and coming. It still is, but um, it's probably like. 10 or, some, 10 or so wholesalers back then. Mm-hmm. So I can make my mark there. I pulled the Absti owner list there and I started calling the next day in that time slot. And I think the f- second, I think it was the second person that I spoke to mm-hmm. was actually my first deal. So mm-hmm. I called him and I was so new and unexperienced. I, I told him that I was going to sign the deal. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Okay, exactly. Right, right. The same reaction is what other people was having. So I told him I was going to sign the deal, and I'm like, um, "Would you be willing to do this price at all?" And he said, "Not really." I'm like, "Okay, I can give you a little bit more. Can we make this happen?" And he was like, "Sure, but you know, if I didn't have, if I was out of state and I didn't have to do these repairs, I wouldn't be selling, right?" I was like, "Right." So I got him on the contract, completely virtual. Never been to Salisbury in my life, still to this day. Okay, okay. And um, we, we got down the contract. He's actually from, I think, like the Miami area of Florida. Mm-hmm. And he's only been up to Salisbury once. So he was managing this property remotely. His probably management company messed something up. And mm-hmm. he didn't want to deal with the property anymore. It's mm-hmm. been vacant for probably about um, two years or so. He tried to list it, and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I found this out after talking to him. So I actually got down the contract and I just sent out the buyers. There's a lockbox already on the property. Okay. Sent out the buyers. They looked through it. Um, and I actually found my buyer off of Craigslist. Mm. The individual off of Craigslist was looking to buy a house for his son. Right. Cash buyer. And he made me an offer. We negotiated a little bit. Ended up getting that closed. And that was um, 35 
$3,500. Mm, okay, okay. So your so first my, deal. Yeah, my first deal on pretty much my second cold call. Man, hey. That's crazy, man. You say you, <laughs> you say you got in at a at a at a uh, at a good time. Then I guess you called it, man. Hey, hey. Right. I guess everything right. happens for a reason, man. You know, I've also had people that had to make over fifteen hundred calls manually before they actually got their first deal. You know, so man, right, two right. calls in. You say you closing them already? Okay, okay. So I'm curious, like, how long did that process take from start to finish, though? Um, I think it. It took a little over 30 days because I did have to extend about three days. The time company I was working with at the time, they they almost killed the deal mm -hmm. because, you know, the seller being remote, we have to use mobile notaries. Mm -hmm. So the time company didn't send the mobile notary to the seller. Mm -hmm. And this was the day of closing that they told me they, they don't have a mobile notary to send. That's wild. So, I had to wait three more days to get that done. I could have easily lost that deal. Right. All the right. seller had to do was say, no, I don't want to extend. Mm -hmm. Luckily, with the rapport I built with him, the trust I established, he was willing to extend actually three days to get the deal done. And I had to change title companies because they, they were messing stuff up. Right. Okay. Right. So it sounds like you had a lot going on on that particular deal, but you Definitely end up closing it. I mean, but you know, a little bit over 30 days, that's not too bad neither. You know, that's a pretty quick turnaround on a, on a deal or whatever um, for the first one, especially, you know, versus like you having to go through probate issues, you wait 90 days or something, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It could get kind of exactly. crazy. You know how these deals are sometimes. So, okay. But man, that's really interesting though, bro. So, okay. So you're in college, you know, you close that first deal. I'm curious, like, did you go back and like reinvest heavily? or like did you go blow some of the cash or like like how i was like how did you feel after you closed that first one so i actually did a fair amount of research i didn't have my company at the time mm -hmm. um i actually got my paperwork filed mm -hmm. during the process of closing that deal mm, okay so probably about two weeks into the contract i filed the paperwork for my company but i closed that deal in my personal name since i didn't have it yet right right and i did some research and I still employ the strategy to the day. Every, all the profit that my company makes, I make a third of it. Okay. So I, I deployed that back then um, out of the 3,500. I saved a third for my personal, saved a third for taxes. I had no idea how much um, I was going to get taxed. Man, hey, hey found out <laughs> the hard I, way in this. In this whole right. <laughs> and then I saved a, a third for the business expenses and business profit and stuff like that. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't really dive deep into doubling down, but I definitely got some new systems, got my own dialer and got some new lists and stuff like that. So it was definitely beneficial. I, I closed a couple more deals after that. It, it was okay. good. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. So, okay. So, so, you know, you started off, you know, super young. You're out here. You're in. You're in college. You're closing deals now and stuff like that. I'm curious, like, how did your your parents feel about you kind of shifting into that real estate space? Skeptical at first. Um, pretty much my whole family was skeptical. No one knew what wholesaling was. They didn't know much about real estate investing. So, like, few did, but not to the extent of what I know now. Mm -hmm. um, so, I definitely had to prove to them that I was capable of doing it and it, it's worked out and they appreciate the drive that I have. I've always had it. I've had a, a company in high school, um, repairing technology, like cell phones and stuff like that. Since I'm, hmm. I'm certified in um, computer repair. 
Mm-hmm. So I was doing that back then. And, um, I had to tell them, listen, this is worth it. I can get it done. And you will see the results. <laughs> okay, I'm right. Pretty so, sure they're appreciative of it now. Right. So you have to do a little bit of convincing to let the fam know, like, hey, look, look, I'm gonna be transitioning, but y'all gotta, y'all gotta trust me. I'm about to bet on me right now. You just gotta right. trust me. Right. Okay. It was especially skeptical considering the opportunities I had lined up. Um, I just got done working at a Fortune 500 IT company right. the summer before mm. as an intern. I was making some very, very good money there, um, and they were willing to bring me on full time after graduation, mm. or I could have just went to the engineering route. Wow. So I had different ways that are better than the average circumstances, right? For most um, people, but yeah, right, right, but not as good as having your own real estate investment company as successful. Mm. so so i'm real curious bro like i really really want to hear you talk about that just break that down for people that are listening like you know you 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 got an entire you know mechanical engineering degree from penn state right and like you know like you're already closing deals like before you even graduate and whatnot so you're doing significantly more than a lot of your peers already i'm curious like what made you choose real estate over the mechanical engineering path I saw a saying somewhere, um, probably when I was about a junior in, in college, that real estate has created the most millionaires. I've always wanted to be a millionaire, always wanted to do things myself, not work for anybody else, be an entrepreneur that's very successful. And I just knew that's the industry of certainty to get to the point of success. I could have done stock trading. I, I traded stocks a little bit, still do to this day, and options and cryptocurrency and stuff. But I wanted something that's certain to get me there, not just high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Just need to connect with the right people. Um, so that's why I started looking towards real estate. But I actually had a mentor of mine at my internship that introduced me to Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it's funny. It's very funny how this happened. It was... Um, I think it was the week before going back to campus, my senior year, going to my senior year, and I checked my Yahoo email. This is a big banner that says um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Real Estate Investing webinar or seminar. Mm-hmm. The weekend before I go back to school. And I didn't want to go really. I wanted to stay home playing video games before I had to go back to school. <laughs> right, right. Get some Call of Duty in. I hear you right. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I I had to really had to have a conversation with myself and I decided I'm gonna make this sacrifice. It's only about three hours long on a Saturday, not really early in the Saturday, probably started about ten o'clock. I need to make the sacrifice thirty minutes away from my house, just go out there, see what it's about, and get some knowledge. Mm. I went out there. And of course, they try to upcharge you. Mm-hmm. So it's $500 for the next level. You get access to a couple ebooks and then their three day conference where they touch in the wholesaling, fixing, flipping, um, lease options, a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different things. Really, the foundation of real estate investing, all the strategies, that's what they went through. Right. I really had to have another conversation with myself. <laughs> and I was like, I have about 4000 in my bank at the time. I was like, do I put $500 towards getting this education? Is it really worth it? I ended up doing it. Mm. 
So I did it. I talked to my mom. She was like, you need to talk to people about this before you spend this much money. <laughs> hey, I'm like, hey. uh, I had, to, I had to do it. You bet on you. You bet on you, like, man. Look where you are now. You know what I'm exactly. saying? That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, that's pretty so crazy. They gave me, they gave me three days to get a refund, and every day I really thought, is this the best option? I looked, looked through the books and everything, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of information I did not know, and it was more compressed than YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this can give me further ahead and i don't know who's going to be at that that conference the three-day conference this is mm-hmm. like eight hours a day for three days mm. right, right i had to get up at like 8 a.m to go out there and i'll be leaving about five right so right. that was a big sacrifice for a college student during <laughs> during my um christmas break that's when i did it mm. okay. and it, it actually got got me some very good information stuff that i haven't seen anywhere else um I could look up specific YouTube videos, but I haven't. And certain YouTube videos where I'm looking at general wholesaling or general fix and flipping, certain things haven't come up in the conversation mm-hmm. in the video that was in the book. Right, right. So it was very good that I, I continued to do that. And that's two sacrifices that I made for my time mm. that have paid off. And that's really how I got introduced to wholesaling. I mentioned how I got introduced to real estate as an avenue, but wholesaling specific was because of that 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 seminar. Right, right, right. So, so you you took a chance. He was like, "Man, a little banner up in my email address. You know, you know go and check that out real, real quick." And took it as a like, sign. Right? I was reading Rich that point at the time. I'm like, this showed up right when I checked my Yahoo, and I don't really check my Yahoo email. Right. Last right. time I checked was probably two months before that. Look at that. Right, right. So I'm like, this has to be a sign. And <laughs> looking back on it, it was. Man, that's crazy how things happen, man. You know, it'll be that one decision that you make that'll, lo and behold, change your entire life. Like, who would have exactly. known? But it's like, I think that a lot of times we got to go with that intuition. It sounds like, like you had that intuitive feel from within, and you took action. You didn't just be like, eh, nah, I'd rather just play some Call of Duty. You was like, all right, let me let me go with that. Let me go with that feeling that I'm having right there. Exactly. So yeah, man. Okay, man. That's that's really, really interesting, man. But you know, like so so you're you're a young guy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're still super young. Like correct me if I'm wrong, you're 23, right? Yes, right. Okay, okay, yeah, just making sure. Okay, so right. So you're 23. <laughs> and then like you told me that like you didn't like up until just a couple years ago that you weren't using social media. I'm curious, like what was your reason for not using social media? Cause I think that that's a good thing. You know, I think a lot of us are so bogged down in what other people think and so caught up and you know, this, you know, like the fake real life that everyone's trying to live out here and stuff like that. Right. But you weren't on social media. And when people in your age range are definitely on social media, like a lot more mm-hmm. now than ever. So I'm curious, like what, what kept you off of social media for, for such a long time? So I, I did have social media, but I only really had a Snapchat that I was engaging with. And there's a select few people that I had added on my Snapchat. I'd be engaging with them. Mm-hmm. I didn't really use Twitter or Instagram that much or definitely not Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it goes back to me being an introvert. Mm-hmm. I just I've always had a small circle. And I didn't really see the point of engaging with all these people on social media when I didn't really see anything authentic there i like mm. i like authentic on uh, how, uh, how do you say it <laughs> sorry authenticity <laughs> yeah yeah there you go um i love that so me being on social media didn't really help me too much i used it for specific uses 
Right. Um, like looking at real estate investing or if I'm trying to see what the popular stocks are out, stuff like that. Right, right. Just knowledge based, not really engagement with other people. Right, right. Okay. Now, I ended up getting back into it because of the business. Right, exactly. I was just about to say, like, you know, actually, I want to talk about that in a little bit, too, like how you're leveraging social media and online. But before we even get there, why don't you kind of break down, like, what does the business look like now for you? Like, like, what does your business actually look like now? Like, what's your typical deal flow looking like? Things like that. Like, you've been going since you told me June of 2020. And now it's like as of recording, this is December of 2021. So what you've got about what is that? Uh, 18 months, a solid 18 months. Like what's the business look like now? So I'm, I'm going to admit, honestly, it was rough when I was in school managing mm-hmm. both. I had, um, a cold caller, but even if you have a cold caller, you have to do follow-ups. Mm-hmm. So I was doing everything, trying to coordinate and follow-ups, getting the list, everything. Right. And that, that took a lot. So the deals I would, when I was in school, I was averaging probably around one deal a month. Um, it was some some months like during finals, finals week and stuff like that. I didn't really have a deal then because I was focusing on school. I had my degree is very project based, mm-hmm. very very project based. So it took a lot of my time. But since I've graduated, I've been averaging around three three to five deals a month. Nice. So it's it's been a good flow. Right. I definitely can't complain about that. Um, at this point, I have a total of four people on my team, not including myself. Okay. I have a transaction coordinator, cold caller, social media VA. Just going back to what we just talked about. I know what my weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. I'm not really built for posting every day. I don't have the interest to do that. I'm not on social media that much. So I hire somebody to do that. And mm-hmm. she's been very consistent. She's my longest tenured employee. She's been working working with me since August of um, last year. Nice. So she she's she's really really good at what she does. And then I have an admin VA who manages some of my list. Um, we do some MLS listings that we pursue. So mm-hmm. she manages those, puts them in Excel sheet for me, and a couple of other things that I do. Okay. And all my team is virtual. Everybody's virtual. So I'm real curious, like, like when you mentioned the social media VA, like I'm curious, like I don't hear very many people talking about having a social media VA, like what specifically, um, like so far, like have you had them doing? So she manages my Instagram account, Instagram Mm -hmm. business account, my Facebook business account and my LinkedIn business account. Mm. Okay. That's what she's been doing since day one. She has grown my, all my pages. Instagram is the, the platform that has the most engagement. Every single one of my followers is either an investor, a um, fix and flipper, a title company, a um, inspector, contractor, or mm-hmm. realtor. Right. So she's targeted certain people to follow us. She's created content for them to follow us. So if I need something, I can realistically just go on my followers list, contact them. We already have somewhat of a rapport because they see my content. Okay. Okay. She's been doing that since day one. I recently um, gave her a raise a few months ago and gave her more responsibility. So I had her trained in SEO, search engine optimization, because I wanted to take care of that. I've been having a carrot website for 
over a year now, mm-hmm. I want to take advantage of everything Carrot offers me. So Absolutely. I have her trained on SEO, and out of the six or so markets that we're in, we are on the first page of, I think, three. Nice. Nice. The last couple of months. So she, she's been doing really good, and she's consistent. And that's what she's been doing. So, so you've had your virtual assistant do search engine optimization on your carrot website. So therefore they're now ranking on the first page on Google. Exactly. Bang. Like I've been trying to tell people this for so long, like, man, like in Chicago, if you type in like we buy houses, Chicago, there's going to be a company called Kindle partners, LTD.com. Like that's the, that's going to be the website name. And it's just a carrot website. That's very search engine optimized. <laughs> it's not that complicated. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, that's a basis right there to kind of go off of and be able to. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm glad to hear that though. Okay. So you got you a nice little social media person out there like doing search engine optimization as well so not just social media but also like um like a uh, like website like like development and stuff like that as well basically yeah okay i like that i like that man all right all right so so okay all right so now let's get into like how you're leveraging social media now though okay so um like, I know that, like, okay, so you said that you've got cold calls, you got the admin assistant, the act manager, and the social media manager, right? Right. Right. So, I'm curious, like, like I know we talked about it before or whatever, but, like, how are you, like, kind of, like, leveraging, uh, so I know you're doing, what, what is it, texting and calling right now? Correct. Okay, so you're doing texting and calling right now. So, how are you leveraging social media to get deals, if at all? So, I actually haven't... Um to date, I haven't gotten any deals from social media. Okay. It's mainly connecting with professionals and creating credibility. That's okay. the main reason why I carried initially with SEO is to create credibility for sellers questioning my business because a lot of people, a lot of wholesalers out here who aren't ethical. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have that presence online so they can check me out, know I'm legit. Same with the social media. But from what I realized, most sellers don't really check your social media. They look at your website. Mm-hmm. The people that check your social media are the investors of real estate professionals. That's how they engage with you. That's how they connect with you. So I've, I've gotten some good connections from that in terms of other professionals. And I think that's very valuable. Mm-hmm. It's, it's similar to value than a, a seller. Um, a seller, of course, you can turn that into a lead and get paid from it. But a real estate professional... You can get several referrals from that. Absolutely. Right, 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 right. Some instances, it might be more valuable than a seller lead. Right, right. So speaking of, uh, you know, investors and stuff like that, I know that you mentioned before that, um, you know, like a big part of your dispo side of your business that you work with hedge funds. So so talk about that a little bit more. Talk about like how, how you interact with these hedge funds and what's different about them than like the average investor. So um, I work with about... 10, 10 or so hedge funds got a couple new ones that I've connected with and they buy top dollar for the most part. There's a couple that buy close to, uh, close to where a wholesale offer needs to be at. As the standard formula is 70% ARV minus repairs and then minus profit. Mm-hmm. The Some of them work as if they need to be at that, that formula. Some of them buy top dollars, similar to Zillow, but they've been doing it longer than Zillow. So they're more more reliable than Zillow was. <laughs> um, 
and I, I sell my deals to them. So at this point, every single lead that I get is above at or above their minimum criteria, such as say, and um, look at it right now in Tampa, the minimum three bed, one bath, 1950 year build, and they won't pay more than like 375, 375,000 or something like that. So I would pull a list and make sure it's fitting that minimum criteria and it's within that, that price range where I can make it work with them. Right, um, right. But I, I do partner with other investors. I do a couple of JV deals. So I'm looking to partner, partner with more people going into 2022, definitely. And they close in some instances quicker than regular cash buyers. They buy higher and, and close quicker than some cash buyers. I had one fund. They told me I can send them a deal on Monday. They can close it on Friday. Mm. Okay. That's unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So these hedge funds sound like, you know, like a like a big portion of what you're doing then. I mean, that's amazing. I really, really mean that. You know, they're, they're paying more and, uh, uh, you know, they'll close faster or whatever. That's a nice, exactly. nice little benefit right there. So it sounds like like you're the, you're the dispo king out here. Like, are there like certain <laughs> markets that you prefer uh, more than others? Like what markets are hidden for you right now? So um, my, my top markets where I do acquisitions myself mm -hmm. is Atlanta, Indianapolis, Tampa, and Jacksonville. Okay. But hedge funds are buying several different major metro markets nationwide, like the DFW area, Houston, Charlotte, Raleigh, um, pretty much all the major Florida markets. You got Miami, you got Fort Lauderdale, okay. Orlando, Fort Myers, um, Atlanta is a, a big one. Not sure if I mentioned that already. And then you have Birmingham. You have Oklahoma City. So there's various different markets. It's a buy box. And the buy box evolves pretty much every every other week or so. Okay. I get new hedge funds and I add them to the buy box. But there is a certain amount that, that were the top top markets, which is the ones I named. There's several hedge funds buying those markets. Atlanta, hmm. one of the hottest Pretty much every hedge fund okay. I work with buys in Atlanta. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, look, you may catch me out in Atlanta pretty soon too. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we may have to chat ourselves, you know, off camera and whatnot for real. So yeah, man. Okay, okay. So that's that's what's up there, man. So it sounds like you have a lot of opportunity to be able to help a lot of other people get some deals disposed as well. Now I know I saw you over in the Facebook group the other day. You know what I'm saying? I got, <laughs> got you up in one of these Facebook groups letting the community know that you are open to doing JV deals. So why don't you tell, tell people a little bit more about that? How can they so, work with you? People can, you can DM me at whitehourinvestments.com. It's W-H-I-T-E-H-O-U-R investments.com. That's my website. Um, my Instagram is at whitehourinvestments. Same for Facebook. You can DM me on those. And if you have a deal that you would like to JV with me on, you can J submit the deal to JV with whitehour.com. That's the mm -hmm. form. Go straight to my podio. I can manage it and hit you up the day or the next day mm -hmm. about your deal to give you some feedback, see if I can work with it. And just get your, your additional confirmation and I can send it over to the hedge fund. Um, in terms of my buy box, I gave I gave I gave you a copy of the buy box and in mm -hmm. addition you can DM me and I'll give you 
my buy box as well. It might be a bit different than whenever you're listening, um, when, well, whenever I'm, I'm doing this podcast, but I'll send you the updated one whenever you DM me. Boom. Hey, mic drop right there, man. I need to have some fire effects right there or something on the screen, man. <laughs> add add fire effects right here, man. <laughs> but although for real, man, that's what's up, man. Like, so guys, if y'all listening, y'all like my like my man's right here. He's saying, look, I got yeah. the hedge funds on deck. If y'all trying to get those deals dispo where I'm the buyer's so gonna be paying more and they can close faster. If y'all got deals in some of these big metro markets. Don't hesitate, man. I'm going to have all the links in the description and stuff like that. But make sure that y'all DM Terrell so he can send y'all over that updated buy box, depending on the time that y'all listening to this. I'll maybe try to have a link to the buy box as well or something like that. Maybe I put in a Google Drive link. I don't know. Something. We'll figure it out. But everything will be down below for real. For real I so. have an example. I didn't even tell you about this example. Hmm. I just posted about it and um, my mentorship with Pace. And there's a story about a deal that I had in my first Charlotte deal. I've been trying to get a deal in Charlotte since like February this year. Mm, okay. I didn't get one closed until maybe October. Mm, okay. So okay. this guy, he wasn't very motivated. His house was built in 2015. So he hasn't owned it too long. Right. And he had a mortgage. He had two mortgages on the property. I pulled a two mortgage list, high equity. That was the right. stack. Okay. I called him. I sent him over a text message, and he says he's not really interested in selling, but he would sell for three hundred thirty thousand. I say, okay. okay. So, what can you do? Can you work with me on price? He's like, no, I'm not really interested in selling. If I'm going to sell, it's going to be for three thirty. I look at the estimate. The estimate around three thirty-five. I check the ARV after pair value. And that's about three forty five, three hundred forty five thousand. Right, right. Okay. And I'm like, dang, this man wants retail. <laughs> mm-hmm. What can I do with this? So I, I pitch him creative financing. He's not interested in that. If he sells, he just wants to be out the property, and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll see what I can do. Can you give me a few days to see if I can meet you at that at three thirty? He said, okay, that, that's fine. Okay. So I send it to my hedge fund. I was only working with one at the time. And guess what offer they came back at? Hmm. 340. No. What? what, what? <laughs> 345. 345. You said they came in over. Over <laughs> over market price. Crazy. Like it's so this crazy. is did this property need any rehab or anything like that? So you said that the guy wanted what did he want? You said 330. They yep. came in at 345. Yep. And you said the ARV was 345. Yep. So they came out 100% <laughs> ARV. That's nuts. To buy that deal. Wow. Um, it didn't really need any work. A typical, a regular wholesaler is not going to look at that deal. Number one, because of the list, list stack, two mortgages and high equity. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, that's people that's not really motivated. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for me, that's perfect. Exactly. Because I'm buying retail, I double close every property. So I'm right. I'm literally buying these properties from them. Right, right, right. I'm buying retail price, selling it to the hedge fund, and I made fifteen thousand on that property. Mm, yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. So okay. So then talk about transactional funding. Like how much is that typically costing you for people who may not, you know what I'm saying, be familiar with it or whatever. Maybe even tell them like what that is and then like how much does that like on average cost you? Right. So 
I'll, I'll explain the double close a little bit first in order to go into the transactional funding. So you have an A to B and a B to C transaction. A to B is the seller to, let's say, the wholesaler. Mm -hmm. And then B is the wholesaler and C is the end buyer. Mm -hmm. So that's the that's double close, just two transactions. So with this guy, um, I was buying a deal from him. I reached out to my guy at doubleclose.com. He's my go-to for, for transactional funding. Hey, shout so, out to doubleclose.com. <laughs> I never I never heard of them, but hey, hey, salute to them though. Okay. They're they're really good. They can close in as soon as like 72 hours. Boom. From when the close date is. They can hey, fund a deal hey. for you. Nuggets they being dropped. Everything. Nuggets <laughs> being dropped, child. Y'all better be taking notes, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you okay. have a good transactional funding person, they will not need the ID of the end buyer. I had one transactional funding person that said they needed the ID of the end mm. buyer. Right. Well, you working with hedge funds. They're not going to give that up. Right, right. So you need somebody that doesn't need anything, really just needs proof of funds. Right, So right. Daniel, um, the CEO of DoubleClose.com, he actually covers the full purchase price as mm. well as all the, all the closing costs. Mm. So if it's over... 75000 as the purchase price, mm -hmm. then all you have to do is pay 1% of okay. the money that it costs him to fund the deal. That's it. That's not too bad. 1%? 1%? Okay, okay. Okay, so, all right, all right, right. So, so very, very low cost. You know, I try to tell people that's, that's typically like the industry standard or whatever. I hear some people mm -hmm. like on a... In a marketing sense, trying to tell people like, oh, well, you know, sometimes you may get charged four, five, six, seven percent. Like, look, right. <laughs> if it's more than one, I'm probably going to pass. I'm going to be honest with you. Right? <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what's up then. All right. So, um, all right. All right. So, so you're working with the hedge funds. Hey, guys, look, if y'all trying to get these deals dispo quickly, definitely reach out to Terrell. But I'm curious though, bro. Okay. Okay. So this is like the, the magic gem question right here that a lot of people are probably going to want to know the answer to then if you're willing to share it. And that's how do you actually come across these hedge funds? So there's a couple of different ways. Um, networking is one. Mm -hmm. You can also go on LinkedIn, LinkedIn Sales Navigator as mm. well. Okay. And there's a software that I end up getting, the top tier business to business software. Mm. It's called Zoom Info. You said Zoom Info. ZoomInfo.com. Okay. Now I know a lot of people are going to check it out and they're going to hit the people up at Zoom Info, but disclaimer, it is very expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> it's very, very expensive. So, the so, lowest plan that I got at discount is $8,000. So yeah, that's <laughs> you chunky. have to be willing to <laughs> sacrifice in order to get it. And it's, it's paying me, it's paying me back in volumes mm. Mm. for, um, when I've had it, I got probably about three or four new hedge funds since I started using it. Right. It's not only for finding hedge funds. That's mm -hmm. what I use it for. Right. It's the easiest way to do searches for hedge funds buying nationwide. Nice. So nice. I can I can do that um, with that software. That's top tier option, but you can easily just find them on, on LinkedIn. Right. There's okay. lists out there. People selling hedge fund lists, you can just search up. Hedge fund list online. Mm -hmm. They're gonna charge you around four or six hundred dollars for that list. Mm -hmm. And honestly, 
it might not be what you're looking for. <laughs> I bought one before. Yeah. And it gives you information, but mm-hmm. it doesn't give you exactly who you need to reach out to. You need mm. to reach out to the acquisitions people. Mm, right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's real interesting. Okay, okay. All right. So, man, that's a lot of game right there, man. Pure game right there. So, you said LinkedIn, yeah. Sales Navigator, Zoom, Info. Look. Like I said, thousands in gyms right there. Y'all better be taking notes, man. Look, I ain't never even heard of this. Y'all better be taking notes for real, man. Okay. All right. So pure game, my brother. Pure game, man. That's why people come to this podcast, though. I'm not going to lie. Every time that anybody comes on, I'm asking them, like, like, let's get like like the pure gems up out of here. Like every single conversation that I do with anybody. So I'm glad that you're willing to, um, you know, definitely provide some value for the community, my brother. Um, Okay. All right, all right. So I got a few more questions for you. I don't want to hold you up. You know what I'm saying? I know you're a busy it's man. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, so so one question that I really, really want to ask you um, is that, and this is something that I ask everybody, you know, that's ever come on to this podcast, basically. And that's what piece of advice do you have for, you know, a, a wholesaler, an investor that's just getting started or for someone that's looking to scale up? You know, you can kind of choose or choose both or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what would be your best piece of advice? The best investment you can make is in yourself. That's pretty cliche. Mm-hmm. But I would say you can, you can quote me on this. Invest in yourself and bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. If you take the the steps to get the right knowledge and connect with the right people, you should be comfortable enough to bet on yourself and feel confident that you're going to win. Mm. Hey, man. Hey, that's deep, man. That's deep, man. And, you know, as they always say, it's another thing that sounds kind of cliche, but it's super true. And that's, right. you know, it's like, uh, what did he say? Your network is your net worth. It sounds super cliche, but oh my God, that's like the truest thing in the world. Seriously. Just what happens when you end up meeting the biggest buyer in your city? What happens when you find 10 hedge funds that buy at market price? It changes the game. Like, it's not about like, oh, I've read 16 books about wholesaling. No, like I met 16 people that are the biggest investors in America. You know what I'm saying? That makes the bigger difference versus... um, uh, you know, just knowing a bunch of stuff or whatever. So that's yeah. pretty major, man, for real. I have a saying um, that I, I developed after going through the stress of, of wholesaling and being an entrepreneur. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Man. It kind of doesn't make sense, but you think about it hard enough, <laughs> it does make sense. Man, that's big facts. Because I can ask you questions, but you can give me some feedback, and I still am not going to know certain things. Yep. So just go into certain things cautiously and try to get as much foundational information as possible. Mm. Man. You want to make your foundation as strong as possible. So if you mess up, you know where to go back and keep going forward. I've, I've taken several steps back in my journey so far of, of being a wholesaler and real estate investor. Mm-hmm. So many things, especially with the pandemic. Things have changed so much from when I first started. It was a recession, a complete recession. It's a recession <laughs> now, but people act like it's not. And the way that the economy's pumped up, it doesn't seem like it is, but it really is. Mm-hmm. Back then, when I first started, people sellers really wanted to sell. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, they want to sell, but it's top tier price. 
Exactly. <laughs> they're worried about not being able to find a house when they move out because of how, how high the houses are in terms of cost. Right, right. So how do you feel about those market fluctuations, though? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you first get started. Oh, look, it's like an overabundance of opportunities and stuff like that. Have you personally seen um, like a difference in the like the lead flow, or the amount of deals or whatever, like since then? Or have you still been basically rocking and rolling? It's definitely tougher to get a seller at a low price. Mm-hmm. They they have in mind what the property is worth or what it could be worth. Most of the time, they're just looking at this estimate. Mm-hmm. And professional investors know this estimate is not really accurate. Exactly. Cases. Yeah. <laughs> you got to double check with the comps, comparable properties, um, and verify the ARV. But to be honest, there's still deals out here. I mentioned I'm only going to hedge fund markets, and they're mm-hmm. only in markets that are the top markets in the country. Mm-hmm. excluding mm-hmm. new york new jersey and california mm-hmm. they don't touch those markets for the most part gotcha. let's say atlanta atlanta is extremely competitive tampa is extremely competitive right Houston's extremely competitive mm-hmm. but you can get deals there it's going to be a little harder to get them where you where you ideally want them mm-hmm. 70% mm-hmm. minus um the repairs but with me changing what I was doing, only pursuing hedge fund leads, I'm not too affected. Exactly. They can give right. me a retail price. I can <laughs> give them a retail price in some instances. Right. If right. I can't give them a retail price as a cash offer and I double close it with the hedge fund, I can do creative financing. Mm. There's a lot of strategies that new wholesalers don't employ, but they probably should focus on getting there in the near future. Mm. You need to know them right now. You don't need no creative financing right now. That's something you need to be thinking about, putting tools in your tool belt. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been trying to tell people that for, for a little bit of time as well. Like, I know that you told me that you're in Pace Morby's Sub 2 community. That's, you know, shout out to those guys over there shout because, that, I mean, like, seriously, that's a great community in terms of learning how to do creative finance and stuff like that. So if you guys are interested, just know that Terrell himself, he actually, you know what I'm saying, he's in that community. So if y'all want to learn more stuff on the creative stuff, that may be where you want to go right at this moment. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, shout out to Pace Morby for sure, for sure. So, but um, what was I going to say though? Um, man, so you know, that's real interesting though. You know, it's funny how like like you know, you're just 23 years old. You know, you're on the podcast talking like a grizzled veteran. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, well, you don't see, you don't need to know this right now. You know what I'm saying? Man, you, know, you be thinking about that. Like, hey, look, I see you over there, bro. I see you. Look, but so I'm curious though, man. You know, like. What kept you out of that like analysis paralysis, though, you know, because a lot of wholesalers, you know, I've talked to people all across the world, like trying to get into wholesaling. Many of them have known about wholesaling for literally four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Like what it caused you to actually keep going and take an action and not just get stuck. Like what, what would you say about that? Like, like, how did you deal with that? So I was stuck in analysis paralysis. I'll, I'll be upfront about that. But. I also had to realize I was running out of time. I didn't really want to work with work for anybody after I graduated. I didn't go to school to work for somebody. I went to school to get knowledge to be an inventor. That's mm. why I went from mechanical engineering. Right. But um, I like I don't mind working with somebody until I get to a position where I can have my own company and be stable. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to 
do as much as I can to have my company when I graduated and pursue that. So I needed to learn as much as I can, but at the same time, have actual experience doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you it's learn, like- you learn the best through experience. Mm-hmm. And trial and error is a huge way to keep going with wholesaling. Now, I'm going to say this for, for your whole audience. This new wholesalers need to hear this. They might see stuff on TikTok or Facebook, Instagram ads, whatever. I don't care where you see it from. You might be thinking, oh, wholesaling is easy. I can just get in and make some money and it'd be easy. No. No. No, sir. You need to have a passion for something in real estate in order to be sustainable and successful. Mm. Mm. If you want to get in and just think about doing a couple deals, you're going to burn out. You want to come with a situation where you're too stressed out and you want to give up on the deal and then you're going to be done. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. There's been times like that. I made um, made $30,000 on one deal that first summer that I started. It was my third deal. Mm. I almost lost that deal four times because of various situations. Mm. I tell you, I was stressed. I was stressed. (laughs) I wasn't even in school at the time. It was summer break, but I endured through it because I knew that I wanted this to work. I needed this to work mm-hmm. in order to prove to myself that I'm capable of being an entrepreneur. Mm. Not just having a business in high school, having a fully established business with a team in the future, and I could be a millionaire based on my business. Mm. I knew I had to get, get it done. So that's the main motivation between me getting out of the analysis paralysis and I was also battling me being an introvert again. So it, I, I told you the story already. Uh, when I was first cold calling, I went down the hall to my study room. I left my dorm with the study room. And I had my laptop and a notepad. So I skipped trace the list, put it from PropStream, skipped trace the list. And I had PropStream up. I was calling sellers through Google Voice, hand dialing. Mm-hmm. Man. I got on the phone with one seller, the first seller, and after saying hi, I hung up. <laughs> right. He's like, you literally hung up on the person. <laughs> I hung up. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not proud of it, but that goes to show where I was in my wholesaling real estate investing journey. Mm-hmm. I was extremely unconfident in what I was doing, but mm-hmm. I needed to make it work. So I kept going. Yeah, I hung up on probably about five sellers because I was just so nervous. I got further in a conversation each call, and I was reading the script, TTP script. Shout out to Brent Daniels. Hey. <laughs> I was reading that script because I didn't know what else to say. I was trying to memorize it. It just didn't fit me, but I was trying to make it work. And I was get further in the sentence, a paragraph. And I'll, I'll hang up the phone because I messed something up. Damn. You I, I, <laughs> I kept going. I kept going. Perseverance. Mm. Perseverance is the key. And mm. not even just being in real estate, being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Shoot, in life, everybody's been through the pandemic. You had to persevere through the pandemic. So mm. apply those same principles when you're going through college, or you, when you went through high school you graduated high school or whatever, whatever your circumstance is where you went through something tough, apply that to your business. Mm. Make this a business, not just a couple of deals. Mm. Right. So it sounds to me that that's exactly what you did. <clears throat> like you basically 
it was it was more than just oh you know I need to get a deal and da 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 you know you made it something a lot bigger and it seemed like you were more than willing to face that adversity to actually get right. there you didn't shy away at the face of adversity you stood up and was like hey I could take some more run me some more of that I got this it's nothing that's what so it's it crazy like. because um, I I used to hear about entrepreneurs saying being an entrepreneur takes a lot of sacrifice being successful takes a lot of sacrifice and i'm like i've been successful so far and i'm like what sacrifice are they talking about <laughs> and going through developing my business i didn't know exactly what the sacrifices were but i knew i would have to make some mm-hmm. so when it came to it being a, a moment where i had to overcome adversity I'm like, okay, so this might be the time where I need to make a sacrifice. This might be what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I did what I needed to do. Kept going. Boom. It's, I lost money a, a lot starting out. I mm. still do sometimes. You make mistakes. Yep. But the key is succeeding more than you make mistakes. Mm. Over time, over time, right? You got to start yeah. from somewhere, though. A lot of people are too afraid to even get started. And I think that's mm-hmm. why they get into that analysis paralysis. You've got to, you're not going to see the entire staircase, but you've got to be willing to take the first step in faith after Martin Luther King said, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's super, super important, man. But it sounds to me as well, you know, when I've heard before, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are going to look at you and be like, man, look, this dude's 23 years old. He got lucky. Right. But in all reality, like what I truly believe is that luck, what they call luck is when preparation meets opportunity. That's the best way that I've ever heard luck being described. Right. So it sounds to me that you were very prepared for the opportunity that came to you. So it sounds like obviously you were already in college and stuff like that. I'm curious, are there certain books that stood out to you? I know you said that you were reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Are there any other books that stood out to you that really helped you out along the way? Um, not, not really. I didn't really meet, read too many books to prepare for wholesaling. I scrolled a lot on Facebook, okay. Facebook groups on real estate investment, stuff like that. But there's something I want to touch on yeah. for the people that think I got lucky. There is a certain degree of luck, a certain degree of luck with anything that's good. Mm-hmm. This is just a fact. Yep. Yep. Some people just experience a whole bunch of bad things in their life. Some people just have a great life. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So, uh, Showing my sacrifice, I I still live with my mom today for now. Mm-hmm. Um, as of what is this December twentieth, twenty twenty one? Just so people know, like I'll right. be moving out soon. But as of right now, I still live with my mother. And um, that first summer I was doing the business, I I did. So smart man. It was to the point. Save those resources <laughs> for real, man. Definitely. It was to the point where I would get up. Right, like 9, 10 a.m. Now I'll be working the whole time and I would not leave the house. Pandemic. I'm like, why do I really need to leave? I need I need to build on what mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. She would have to make me leave the house. <laughs> she had to make me close my laptop because all I would do, be doing was calling sellers, Dang. looking up properties on PropStream, studying, watching YouTube videos, podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's sacrifice that I took. Obsession. That's what it like. Would you consider? Yeah, would you obsessed. say it was an I was obsession? Exactly. Obsessed. Exactly. That's how I, it has I to turned be. it into my passion. Mm. You have to have a passion. Yep. 
That's facts. Be successful. Man. That's super facts, man. You can't do it unless you're gonna literally obsess up over it. You know, like the people who end up the greatest at anything. It's like they're almost like other people can't really understand them. It's really hard to understand greatness because you're gonna think so differently. You'll be willing to go so much harder than the average person that you know. The people that you love the most will be looking at you like, are you sure you want to be doing this? And you got to stand firm on 10 toes and be like, yes, this is exactly what I want to be doing. I got to do the things about Kobe. Kobe, Michael Jordan. You get what I'm saying? They were obsessed. You get what I'm saying? With developing their game. Exactly. Being the, being the greatest. Yeah, it's different, man. That stuff hits different. So, I mean, so, okay. So I know that you mentioned, okay, like maybe not books or whatever, but were there any other like really important like people videos experience i'm just curious like what was it that like like or was there anything that was like in specific that stood out to you along the way that was like, extremely helpful to you i'm curious um so first the first person that i ever watched was max maxwell on okay. youtube Good old that max. was the main person and then it ended up going into jerry norton jerry norton has a lot of introductory stuff as well mm-hmm. as some some higher level stuff as mm-hmm. well he has great content. He always dropping, especially news on what's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Brent Daniels, TTP. But I found out about him through Max Maxwell's podcast. So if you're going to listen to podcasts, I recommend Ed's podcast, as well as uh, Max Maxwell and Steve Train. Mm-hmm. Shout Steve out Train to Steve Train, level. man. Yeah, he's be a higher level on his podcast. Max Maxwell Facts. has some some intro topics as well as his his YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that was pretty much most of the videos I was watching. And there was Max Maxwell's Facebook group, free mm-hmm. to join. Mm-hmm. That's the Facebook group I was scrolling through all the time. Mm-hmm. There's people just posting questions in there. I'm like, exactly this the statement I made earlier. I don't know what I don't know. So I'm just going to keep looking through the frequently asked questions and he has topics in the group. So you can look at all the questions or statements about text blast and all the statements about pre foreclosures, um, door knocking, whatever. Mm-hmm. Free to join for a hundred thousand people. And I just went in there. So that was another resource that I got for a lot of, a lot of information. Okay. Okay. Good old, good old was that wholesaling houses elite, right? Is that what yep. you said? Yeah. Yep, that's it. Good old wholesaling houses elite. <laughs> that's a classic, Definitely. man, for real. Yeah. Okay. So, man, man, man. I feel like there's a there's been a lot of value dropped in this conversation. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, are looking to get started. You know, they want to start leveling up their business. They want to be out here closing, you know, three to five deals per month. You know, like the average wholesaler is not doing that. So you already put yourself into like, you know, the top 5%, 1% of wholesalers in the nation. Realistically, it's not really that many people that's like ultra consistent, getting a significant amount of deals. So, oh, excuse me. So that being said, man, I'm proud of you, my brother. I really, really mean that, man. You know, you're super young. I think that your story is going to be super inspirational for a lot of people that's, you know, looking to get started or maybe they've been out there for a while. Maybe they're much older and they see you like, man, this this young buck out here killing it, man. Hey, look, if you can do it, I can definitely do You know what I'm saying? Like, I want people to get inspired and motivated by actually, you know, hearing you come on here talk about your successes, talk about the struggles, the the, the hard times and, and, you know, people telling you that you shouldn't do it and stuff like that. And the, all of the struggles that you had to go through and the fact that you kept persisting, you kept going through that adversity so you could actually get to the goals. That's ultimately Definitely. 
that's basically like ultimately what connects all successful people is that we were willing to eat dirt, that we were willing to go through the turmoil, the stress, the adversity that other people just don't want to go through. That's what makes the biggest difference, man. But it seems like you've learned that at a very early age, man. So salute to you, my brother. Like you're on pace to be in the, the real estate hall of fame, my brother, for real. <laughs> get you a first tier hall of fame banner, my brother, for real, man. So I'm curious real quick though. Like I'm curious, like what's, what's your plans like with your own real estate and stuff like that? Like I know that you disclosed to me, I don't know if you want to tell all this, but like, I know you disclosed to me that you just had some, you know, like a big boy month, like last month or something like that or whatever. I'm curious, like, What's your own like real estate plans or whatever in terms of like you buying properties and stuff like that? Do you own any properties already? If not, like what's your plans on actually purchasing something if you have them already? So I don't own any properties. Um, since day one of starting this business, I had a plan to convert. I, I was planning for my student loan payments. I had scholarships, but it didn't cover everything. Penn State, Penn State's expensive, so I have student <laughs> loan payments, right. um, and they start very soon, so I wanted to prepare for that. I didn't want to just get paid for my business and use that money, so the plan is, still to this day from the beginning, wholesale as much as possible, get that as automated as possible mm -hmm. with a team, virtual team, so where I can go anywhere in the U.S., and do deals mm -hmm. and use that assignment fee money to fund my rental properties or flips, whatever I want to do. Bang, bang. Just so like that's that. the plan. I've recently just learned how to pitch um, private money lenders, how to find them and stuff like that through Pace, Pace's program. Nice. So I'm going to start doing that and somehow, some way, I'm going to keep scaling up the business. My goal for 2022 is eight rental properties, whether it's acquired through creative finance and subject to, um, I, I really don't want to do lease option, but subject to <laughs> seller finance or doing a like traditional rental, mm, okay. I get a hard money loan and then cover the, the difference with private money or myself. Right. Right. That, that's the plan. I want eight. By the next year, hey. um, I'm not doing any flips unless it's an ovation agreement. It's pretty hot, pretty higher level topic, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the way to go. Um, I just I don't see the point unless it's a hundred thousand dollar profit flip. Mm. It's going to take me three months. I mean, wholesaling the hedge funds is way more profitable and quicker. Mm. You say you in and out pretty quickly with these right. deals. You say you ain't messing I around. I make forty thousand. I had a eighty-two thousand dollars deal in Indianapolis on the table with mm. a hedge fund. The price already approved, but it ended up falling apart because of the foundation issue. Mm. They hate foundation issues. Mm. That's tragic. That was a killer man. deal. Eighty-two thousand so dollar deal. Like who? It can take a four-month flip to get eighty-two thousand dollars. You waiting on the market for at least thirty days. Mm -hmm. Mess around, I got a hundred thousand dollars tied up into the property. <laughs> like, right. holy shit, like, they, can go, they can go left very yeah. quick. Yeah, that's fact. So, man. I can just wholesale the deal within a month and make the same amount. So, that's why right. I'm not doing flips right now. But you it's said that you want to get benefit. like eight rentals, though, right? Eight, eight rentals. rentals that'll take care of my student loan payments. It's gonna be around a thousand or so a month, okay? And right, I can 
paid my employees through that that rental income as well. So the other money is strictly for scaling up the business, the mm-hmm. regular wholesale money, scale the business. I can increase my salary. Mm. Straight like that. Yep. Look, increase flexibility. Man, hey, I like it, man. I love to hear it, man. For real. Hey, that's what's up, man. Sounds like you out here rocking and rolling, bro. I really, really mean that, man. For real. So, so is there anything like like man, I really I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm curious, like, is there anything else that like you think that like um like you want to mention or that we haven't chatted about yet or whatever? Like some anything in particular that you want to tell the audience or or yeah, you know, anything you want to add in? I would say just keep at it. And try to reach out to other investors in your area. They don't have to be in your local area. The investors I'm closest to don't even live in Maryland. That's where I'm at mm. right now. Right. They live other places in the U.S. And I've never even met them in person. Mm-hmm. I've met them through Zoom. You can, you can build relationships through people over Zoom. You don't have to Facts. see them in person. Facts. Virtual is the the new wave. Hey, it's definitely the way to go. Um, reach out to people. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm. The one one way, the thing that really took me to the next step is I was following Max Maxwell, cold calling, hanging up on people and such because <laughs> embarrassed, because messing up, right. stuff like that. But um, there was this one person that helped me. Her name Victoria. So Victoria. She posted a Craigslist ad in the area for wholesale deals, a paid Craigslist ad. And one day I was just sitting in my, my bedroom, just looking through um, Wholesale Houses Elite, mm-hmm. my favorite pastime back then. <laughs> and I went on Craigslist and I would see all these wholesale ads. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if they'll help me. Because I, I know people are busy and most people want something in return. Mm-hmm. But I just, shot my shot so i saw the number i gave him i gave one person a call it wasn't victoria another guy and he didn't answer so mm-hmm. i left a message saying hey uh you want to wholesale in the area just want to see if you can give me some advice on getting started whatever mm-hmm. and then i went to the second person which is victoria she's the only other wholesale listing this is paid i think it was five dollars mm-hmm. to get it up there mm-hmm. it's not the free ones so i reached out to her and i'm like hey um, I think it's Victoria, right? Is the name was there, and she's like, "Yep." So I told her that I I was just want a little bit of guidance. I'm not trying to be a bother or anything like that. Just want to see what I can do to get ahead, especially since Prince George County is a tough area. Mm-hmm. We'll see what she's doing differently. So at the time, I was doing Snapchat ads. I'm like, nobody talks about Snapchat ads. <laughs> no one. Right. Right. That's I see now why nobody does. <laughs> I spent like uh, I spent about three hundred dollars in a month and a half Snapchat ads. Mm. So I made a post in from scratch, and I got impressions. But I got like one person that filled out my form, mm. and it didn't even work out. So mm. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm not trying to blow through all my money. Can you help me provide provide me some guidance and it was funny. She she actually helped me. She didn't wait in return. She was like, "Yeah, so you need to get away from Snapchat. <laughs> Definitely need to get away from Snapchat. You join this community, superhuman community, and um, I have a Zoom coming up that I want you to hop on. Mm. I just met her over the phone. And right. I'm like, uh, the introverted in me. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like seven thirty. 
I don't really know you like that. I don't That's really want to hop on Zoom. <laughs> but right. took a took a jump. I got my notebook, my own living room, got my laptop, opened up the Zoom, and it was like five people in the Zoom with mm. Sam, who I mentioned earlier, was in the Zoom. Mm. He was going over um tackling MLS listings. Mm. Like, I didn't know any of these people, but she took a chance on me, introduced me to that to Sam and a couple other people in that group. Right. I took advantage of that. I asked as many questions as I could without trying to be a bother. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, really? What's what's the MLS? Um, how do you do this? What's, what's the key words? Mm-hmm. And I could tell he was like, who is this guy? Victoria hey. <laughs> just brought me in and That's they already right. knew each other. And I'm like, hey, I try try to get some help. Um, and I ended up <laughs> joining the same community as them. And that's what really skyrocketed me to where I am now. And that group was what? Superhuman Wholesalers or what group are you talking about? Yep. Boom. Shout out to Superhuman Wholesalers. Salute to my guy, Aaron, man. I'm going to try to get him back onto the podcast soon, too. (laughs) For real. He's already come on as well, man. I I want him to come come back on. You need to go and reach out to him. Let him know. I'm going to post a little (laughs) post inside of the group. I'm going to try to get his attention. (laughs) Cool, cool. What was I going to say, though? Um, Man, that's what's up, though, man. So, basically, guys. If just to kind of summarize that is, look, a closed mouth does not get fed. If you're not willing to, to ask for help, man, look, it's going to be hard for you. For real. Like, like, it's not about what you know. It's who you know. Do not forget that. And don't be afraid to ask. The worst thing that can happen is someone says, no, who cares? It's just like if you call it motivated sellers, people are going to be telling you no all day and cursing you out. So, I mean, when it comes to getting help on how to do this stuff, don't be afraid to ask people. Plenty of people reach out to me all the time and ask me questions and I give them all types of advice and help all the time. So, you know, it's just like most people are just scared to ask. You know what I mean? So don't get me wrong. Like, I may not be able to respond to everybody. I don't want y'all to think that, you know, start blowing me up or whatever. I'm just saying. Very often, I'm going to reply back and actually give you some game or something like that. As long as you're not making me read a novel, then you're good. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, though, man. People uh, people don't really get it. Um, Real estate, it's about houses. That's not how you succeed. Just thinking about houses all day. It's about people. Real estate's about people. Yes, sir. You think if you buy a flip that you can't talk to anybody and get money? No. You got to manage the contractors. If you don't manage the contractors, you got to manage the property manager. Mm-hmm. Who will manage the contractors? Facts. You sell your house on the market. You got to talk to the realtor. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to wholesale, you got to talk to sellers. If you don't oh, talk man. to sellers, you got to talk to your VA. You don't exactly. talk to your VA, you got to talk to the title company. You got to talk to somebody. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to be able to play like a like a bench warmer role if you're trying to build right. one of these businesses. You're going mean, you to have to hop on these calls. completely behind the scenes and be a full, full-time integrator. <laughs> you have to work with somebody possible. else, right? Partner exactly. with somebody to do that. Exactly, exactly. It's like you're gonna have to. You yeah, exactly. I feel like most people, for the most part, like realistically, should be trying to start off doing their own thing, just like you got started. Actually, getting in, into the field yourself, making the calls yourself. Not trying to hire 20 million people to run the business for you on day one because you can't effectively lead a team if you've never actually done what they're going to be doing. I think that that's very important. With certain things, it could be a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go learn graphic design or something like that before I hire a graphic designer. But, like, you know, like at the same time, you know, if you're going to hire a cold caller as a wholesaler, make some calls yourself. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> anyway, though. There's one thing my, my mom really engraved in me um for being an entrepreneur because she is one herself 
it's know what your employees are, are doing, what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You want to be an expert at it, mm-hmm. but know what it is so they can't get over on you. And at the same time, you have a, a some realistic expectation for them and what mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. And if they drop the ball on something, you could take it over because you know what they're doing. They exactly. can't be like, oh, you can't hire anybody else. You don't even know what, what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly. No, I can do it. Exactly. It might hurt me a little bit if I need to let you go, but right. I know what I can do. And exactly. I can do your job. <laughs> you don't want your whole business to be in the hands of a virtual assistant in the Philippines somewhere right. or something. In other words, you got to be actually running your business. You don't want like, oh, the VA's down then. Literally no calls are getting made and no one's disappointing the deals and Yeah, it can be tragic out there because the power goes out very often. So if you're just putting everything in the hands of your VA, then it's going to be rough for you once again. Oh, they have the typhoon going on now? Oh, I don't even know. That's tragic. If so, (laughs) man, salute to the people out in the Philippines, man. Dang, like, man, that's tragic. But anyway, so man, hey though, my brother, man, it's it's been a pleasure having you on here, though, man. Like, um. Yeah, guys, look, I'm going to have the the links for to real down in the description of this video. So you can reach out to him if you're trying to JV with him, you know, trying to just reach out to him, network, link up, stuff like that. Remember, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. So definitely link up, network, shoot some deals over. Let's break some bread out here as always, man. So it's real. Any any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Take action. Hey, hey, straight like that. (laughs) No time wasted, man. So, look, I'm going to leave it right on that, guys. I hope that y'all staying healthy and staying blessed. Make sure that y'all hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel. Come back for some more of these wholesaling mastermind interviews man when we get the heavies out here to come on give the game you get what i'm saying we having conversations out here man so till next time guys we are out